Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through your day. Now, here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope a place where you get to believe in what is possible for your life. And today I have the great honor to welcome back Susie Marcoux Shefflin of the Copper Vessel. And she is a Los Angeles-based sound healer, Reiki master, Kundalini yoga teacher, and sobriety coach. Susie graduated with a degree in East Asian Studies and Religious Studies from the University of Virginia. She was inspired by her own healing journey and uses these modalities to help others transform their lives and find healing from within. Susie is vocal about her path to sobriety and her journey with alopecia. She is a speaker and a thought leader, encouraging people to build healthy, happy, radiant lives through self-love. Susie leads deeply restorative crystal alchemy sound bath ceremonies, healing rituals, group trainings, international retreats, and workshops. She also offers a variety of virtual experiences, including a series of virtual sound baths for self-healing on ALO moves. Welcome, Susie. Thank you so much. It is so wonderful to be back with you again today. <laughs> oh, it feels so good to have you back. I'm like a little kid, all excited. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, this is fabulous. So, so for all of the listeners, if you missed part one, please go back and hear part one um, because Susie explains her whole journey that got her from... Um, the East Coast, and as a little girl at seven years old, who um, had was when she first discovered that she had alopecia, and where that led her to where she is now in Los Angeles as a Kundalini yoga teacher and sobriety coach and sound healer and Reiki master and and um, a business coach. I mean, a healing business coaching. You probably do all kinds of different business coaching because you're beautiful at what you do with your work and. Ah, so there's all of that. And then um, we had to stop. And so we're back here again. And and the, the question I want to ask you, the burning question I want to ask you is when when you when you look back now, because certainly there's little ones that are going through the same thing, you know, whether it's alopecia or um, you know, some other kind of uh, physical condition that's obvious to the world, right? But when we have anxiety, people don't always know that. Or if we suffer from depression, people don't always know that. But when it's something physical and, and kids, you know, God love them, but, but they can just be cruel. Um, and I know that for you, that it, that alopecia was such a beautiful teacher for you, but what would you say to parents, um, that have little ones that, that have some kind of physical something and they feel like they're getting, I, I, and I guess I didn't even ask you that. Did you get picked on for that? Did you get bullied by that? Um, so I'd love to know the answer to that. And what would you say to parents 
to say to their kids, uh, you know, or, or even for them to know that because as parents, it breaks our hearts when our kids are hurting. And I'm sure that your parents, that, you know, their hearts were breaking when you were going through everything you went through. So what, what do you offer for that, Susie? That is such a beautiful question. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't picked on. I really wasn't. So um, good. People didn't, people didn't really know, you know, I really kept it a secret. Like my family knew, but I didn't want anyone to know. So it was more this secret. Yeah. But, you know, I do work with a lot of people and know it personally, people who have had different experiences where they grew up, you know, bullied or picked on and yeah. How to, how to hold space for your child when they're really hurting Mm. and trusting that, you know, what they're going through is also guiding them towards their highest good. You know, the, the bullying could be, could be guiding them towards a greater path as well. If the, if it's held mm. based in, in the appropriate way. So what I would say is to really encourage self-love, yeah. you know, yeah. helping, helping them to understand that they are whole, they are complete. They are mm-hmm. so worthy of love and that, that, that worthiness doesn't come from anyone else's external validation or the opposite or diminish their criticism. Yeah. You know, I just think immediately of the four agreements and one of them being not to take things personally. And that's right. something that is such a, a challenging thing to learn and live by for many people. But if, if you were to give your child at a young age, that opportunity to really receive that, you know, not to take things personally, that if someone is picking on you or bullying you or criticizing you, it's really not, really doesn't have anything to do with you. In fact, it mm-hmm. just demonstrates that they have pain in their heart. You know, there's a saying that hurt people hurt people. And so right. if someone is not treating you kindly, then love them, pray for them. You know, and that can be, that can be challenging when you, you know, you feel infuriated seeing your child suffering, but really teaching the child to say like, it's not, not about them. It's not about whatever it is. If if they're being criticized for having bald spots or whatever it may be, the person criticizing them is just reflecting their own inner pain. And so to pray for them and love them. And my mom would always say, kill them with kindness. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. And I, I know the Dalai Lama would say, um, sacred friends, that it's very hard. And I mean, they're the ones that challenge us the most. So when you're saying like, pray for them, it's like, oh, I'm, you're kidding. No, mm-hmm. but it's that thing. And, and when we can bring ourselves to that place, how it's healing for us and how it raises us. And, and in the long term, it, it helps that other person, but, but the benefit comes back to us and it's just, it's, it's such a wonderful thing. Um, yeah, it's great advice, Susie. Thank you so much because, you know, it's that thing where we just, our hearts break for our kids. And, and when somebody is in the place that you are in and has gone through your journey and you're at that place where, and I love this. I wrote this down. You said, I am beautiful and I'm so lovable. And to be able to say that and say it from a place of authenticity and love and not ego, it's such Mm. a strong foundation. And it says so much about you and 
if mm. we all can do that, oh my goodness, doesn't this world just change to a place of love? <laughs> like, how can you be angry when you, when you feel, I mean, we have our moments, but my gosh, I mean, you're, the lens you look through is so completely different. Um, and thank you for saying that because it's recorded and I get to go back and hear it again because it's beautiful. <laughs> it's so beautiful. So thank you. It's course. And it's, I mean, it's true. And that's really what mm. I believe. And that's my vision for the world is a yeah. world where everybody genuinely, truly authentically loves themselves because in that world, how could there be hate? You know, how could there be war? How could there be these acts of hatred that are taking place and these injustices that we see in our world today, like are coming from a very deep rooted pain. You know, if, if people truly love themselves and, and can see that they are whole and that yeah. the world is a reflection of them, there's no, there's no need to be hateful or intolerant of one another. You know, we can then approach everyone else from a place of love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the more people that hear that and know that, the more I think it inspires us to do our own work and to start changing and, and to know that that is so possible because more and more people are saying that and openly saying that and not being worried about any kind of backlash that who do you, you know, that's crazy talk. And it's like, no, I think we've mm -hmm. had enough. You know, I, I think there's enough yeah. people saying we need to switch this. So thank you. I just, and I'm so grateful that it's here on my podcast that you said it. So thank you. <laughs> well, you probably have said it on their other ones, but right now I'm just, I'm, I'm in the moment of, and I'm loving it. So <laughs> <laughs> so Susie, I would love to ask you when, when you're working with, with your clients, like, so say somebody comes in to see you, um, and, and say that they're coming in because there's an addiction and they're wanting to work through their ad addiction. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy street. It's, you know, it takes many, many times it takes many attempts to be able to really master that. So, so when they come in to see you, if you, do you decide from that person just from being in their energy and what is going on what they're saying how they're presenting and and their energy what you are going to use or do you do a combination of the yoga and the breath work and the bowls how does that all work mm. it's always very intuitive you know everyone is coming in at a different place on their journey with different you know, traumas that need healing and things that need light shined upon them. And some people come, you know, already sober and ready to elevate their life into a new stage. And some people come really struggling. Um, but I always begin my sessions with um, really a heart to heart conversation and asking them, you know, what brought you here? And do you really want this? And what makes you want it? You know, what makes you want to change? And, and what cycles have you found yourself stuck in that you're ready to break free of because oftentimes at the beginning of the journey um, we don't really have that awareness yet we know that you know life isn't working we're upset we're angry we're in pain but we're not really able to see the bigger picture so yeah. that conversation starts to open up um, a window into the bigger picture of what could be possible and then we do you know some intention setting around that and again everybody's different then after that we might we might do some kundalini-based practices, some breath practices, some movement practices to move energy, um, especially in especially in early sobriety. There can be a lot of energy that's stuck, you know? Yeah. Um, we need to really detoxify that. We're holding a lot of anger. We're holding a lot of pain. So starting to move that in a way that feels safe and 
sound is an incredible modality for that, you know, where sound goes where no other medicine can. And sometimes people come in and they're not even able to articulate, you know, what they need or what they want. And we can just use the sound to create this container um, that allows them to go to those places and, and feel those parts of themselves that may otherwise have felt too scary to go to before. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so you, you were introduced to your first sound bath. Were you still in New York then when your, when your aunt took you there or were you still on the East coast or was that when you made it to California for the sound bath? It was when I made it to California. I was in the process of moving. (laughs) Okay. So, and even in that, and I wanted to ask you that. So even though I know you had a, a calling to, to come to California and, you know, leave the East coast and go to California and, was that terrifying for you or was it just like, I just, I knew that this is what I was supposed to do. And even though there was a little bit of this peripheral fear, it was just, I knew, and I was so solid in that. How, how did that feel for you? It was that again, you know, of course, ah. I got the peripheral fear, like, is this okay? Like what's happening? I'm leaving yeah. my whole life. Everyone that I know moving yeah. to an entirely new city, not to mention side of the country. Um, but it was this really deep inner knowing that this was what was right. And yeah. I didn't make an impulsive decision either. I had actually gone out to California in January with my sister. Um, and while I was here, I just felt it. It was like, I need to be there. I need to, mm-hmm. I need to be there. And when I went back to East coast, you know, a lot of, a lot of East coasters go to the West coast and come home saying they're going to move to California. And it's sort of a, a pipe dream, but, I really mm. felt it. And so I started to meditate on it and, and do visualizations, like really imagining what my life would look like here. And then I did very practical work around it too, where I would write down, I wrote down things like, you know, um, where I would, you know, p- potential therapist, um, where I would take my dog to the groomer, like little elements mm. of life that, you know, you would want to know, like, okay, if I live in LA, you know, who would be my doctor? So sort of mapping that out and identifying those things in a very hypothetical way. And mm. things just started to unfold. Like I, when I got back from California, the company that I was working for at the time, I had a corporate job working in luxury lifestyle management. They asked um, if anyone knew of someone in California because they wanted to expand to LA. And I said, me. And they said, you're not qualified for that because my role was really to be an expert um, in the industry. So when I was in New York, I was an expert on all things New York City. So like you could get, I could get you a dinner reservation at any restaurant, the most impossible dinner reservation, I could get it for you that night. Like you want to go to Per Se, you're in. Wow. Um, Yeah. And so not having spent anytime in California and really not knowing LA at all. (laughs) It wasn't really a place where I was qualified to do that job. Um, But so I kept feeling it. And then a couple of months later at that point in April, I remember I called my boss one day. I was like, I didn't even think about it. I just called her and I said, "Um, I would love to continue working for the company, but I need to move to California. And I'm thinking it will be this summer, probably May or June. I'd love to stay working for you if there's an opportunity, even if it's freelance. Um, but if not, I understand. And this is a step I need to take. And I got off the phone and I was like, oh, my God, did I just quit? <laughs> and they called me back. They called me back like three hours later and they were so incredible. And they said, we'll create a role for you. Go out there. Do business development. You've been working for the company for four years. You're like our top attache in New York City. Like, go out there and, and let's 
let's expand and then you can hire a team. So I went out there doing business development and um, also took on a role in managing their social media and doing um, their PR and marketing. Like I started writing their newsletters. So I was writing seven newsletters a week for seven different cities, um, New York, San Francisco, Boston, Miami, LA, you know, telling people all the best things to do. And I had a team like in every city there were they were called attaches. So I was sort of getting the information from them and doing the writing. Um, but it all lined up perfectly. And even with my apartment, like I would visualize myself in this apartment in this exact proximity to the beach. And I could see myself with the white walls and facing the ocean and where my yoga mat would be. And one day at work, I, I never, like I was, I'm very like a disciplined person. I would never go on social media at work. And I did that day. I went on Facebook and the first thing that popped up was a post from somebody that I had studied abroad with in Barcelona when I was 16. We hadn't stayed in touch and her post popped up and she said, if anyone's looking for an apartment in Santa Monica, contact me. And I did. I just messaged her right there and I ended up FaceTiming her and it was the exact apartment that I'd been visualizing. And I signed the lease without even coming to see it. I was like, I just know. And it, it all, it all aligned, like the timing aligned, everything just worked out. So it was scary, but it also felt incredibly guided and very grounded, you know? And I think, I think that's how it, that's how manifesting happens. You know, you really, you feel into something, you feel it on an energetic level. You can, Mm -hmm. you can sort of feel it coming through and then things unfold and when it feels like there's a struggle it's not necessarily aligned like I remember I got my appendix out in May of that month. I ended up moving here um I moved in July but in May I got my appendix out a sudden appendectomy and I was like oh no what does this mean for my plan and I was like okay I'll take yeah. the take the whole week off while I'm resting in bed to search for an apartment I had been searching 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 and I couldn't find anything and then I let it go and then it was once I got back to work it effortlessly just popped up on that Facebook yeah. post so that's sort of the balance you know when you're when you're taking steps that feel guided when you have that inner voice saying like this is what this is what you need to do whether it's shaving your head or moving across the country or leaving your job or anything like that you know you get that little whisper and you start to listen to it and I find that the universe God only sends only sends one step at a time so it's like okay what's the next step and then it starts to unfold you can trust that you know it's all going to work out and just take that next that one next step before you know it you know it's five years later you're in santa monica with an incredible like beautiful (laughs) life that's beyond your wildest dreams oh i'm telling you i have loved everything about our interview and this part i love so because i knew i knew absolutely nothing about that i mean i went on your website and you know because i don't know you super well i I mean i know you from four days of training and then we we get together once a month and i missed the last one on i just got busy doing something else and i completely missed our last get together with the sound bowls but or the singing bowls but i had no idea and it's just like Oh my God, you're kidding. I knew nothing about this. This is so, (laughs) this is the stuff also that I think if people knew that, if they knew that this stuff doesn't just happen to a select few, it happens to everybody. And if we can know that that manifesting is, start getting that picture in your mind of what it is that you want to be doing or or who you want to be with or, or what your life looks like or your health looks like or your sobriety looks like and, and feel into that 
And, and especially because, and that's the stuff when we do that thing that we don't normally do, like I'm very disciplined and I don't, I don't do social media I'm, when I'm working, I'm working. But that one, I just, there was something like, just get on social media and look, and here's a person that you didn't, you haven't talked. I don't know if you talked to, have you talked to her at all in all of these years, but from when she was posting about the, the place that was available or had you been I hadn't in- spoken to her until that point? No, we hadn't been <laughs> in touch. At that point, it had been probably, what, 12 years? Wow. No, yeah, 11 or 12 years. Wow. <laughs> and now oh. she still, she lives across the hall from me. She's amazing. <laughs> oh, no way. That is so fantastic. Oh, Susie, I'm telling you, I, I wish that we could bottle the energy that I feel right now in the, and the hope for the world and the hope for, you know, just that inspiration that absolutely, because it's happening all the time. If we could just pay attention to it and, and really believe that it is possible. It is possible for all of us. And, um, you are just, you're such a beautiful living, uh, testament of it. And, and the kindness and sweetness that that just comes from you. We are going to run out of time again. I cannot believe it's like I swear we go into a time warp. It's so bizarre. Um, but one of the things that I would love to follow up with, because I guess I don't even know. So I know when you were in um inpatient rehab, you got introduced to music therapy and Reiki and yoga. And prior to that, were you even interested in any of that that type of stuff, or was that just like, yeah, no, that's just not anything that I do? Yes, I totally was. I totally oh. was. So I started practicing yoga when I was 12. Oh, um, wow. I never had a really consistent practice, and I did it really for exercise rather than like as a spiritual path, but um, yoga was definitely a part of my life and something that felt like coming home you know when I reconnected with it when I was getting sober it was like oh I had not been practicing it for most of my 20s I really lost touch with it in college but I've always been interested in that um I used the calm app a lot in my 20s and I was really struggling I would use that I remember like sitting in a taxi on the way to my therapist running late panicking and Mm. and I would listen to a meditation on the app calm um and I majored in in college, I majored in East Asian studies and religious studies. So I had mm. that interest in spirituality. And mm. I remember I actually was just home a couple weeks ago and was cleaning out a file cabinet with a lot of my, my papers from college. And I was looking there, I'm like, oh my goodness. I remember it's stuff that now is like my, my life, my daily practice about, yeah. you know, elements of Hinduism and Buddhism that are so ingrained in my daily practice. But at that point, I remember thinking like, I wish I could practice this. I was reading it from such an <laughs> academic standpoint, you know, and yeah. like, oh, this is interesting, like studying it to take a test. Mm. And now it's been just so deeply ingrained in, in my daily life. And so I think, you know, again, the universe guides us. And I wasn't planning to major in religious studies. I was planning to graduate early and go to culinary school. I was majoring in East Asian studies because I spoke Chinese. And I wanted to stay another year to keep partying. And in order to be able to stay, I had to take on a second major. And since I was doing East Asian studies, I'd already taken a lot of classes in Buddhism. So it was very, very natural for me to then double on that religious studies major, but it opened up, it planted these seeds for so much of what I do today. Yeah. Yes. And we don't even know where those seeds are being planted 
but it is amazing how it comes back full circle. And so I think if we stay very aware and awake to what seeds we are planting, why am I doing this thing? Am I doing this thing with the intention of because I'm angry and I want to hurt something or another person? Or am I doing this thing because I don't know, it just feels right to me or, Hey, I just happened to speak Chinese. And so I'm just going to keep going on this way. (laughs) But if we do it with an, even if it's an intention, like I have no idea where the heck this thing is going to take me, but, but it feels right. And so doing it at least from that intention and making sure that we're not doing any of any of our intentions from the place of revenge or resentment or anger and and that lashing no. out and you know it's okay they deserve that because they did that to me and it's like no 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 if we can no. you know I, I want to feel really good and calm in myself even that is just planting a seed and and changes mm-hmm. the, the whole um, trajectory of our life and Susie I have to tell you like we are just down to the wire and my eyes are full of tears because of this conversation um, in such mm-hmm. a joyful manner of the love that you bring and and the and the words and the wisdom and you know how sometimes we say things and we don't even know how powerful that is to another person you have done so much of that with me and I can only imagine how many of the listeners feel the same exact way but it's like yeah, there's just this joy that has um, left my heart and is showing up in my eyes. And I just mm. cannot ever express to you enough how grateful I am for your time and your journey and your words and wisdom and sharing it with us. Um, I'm just in awe. I'm just totally in awe. Yeah. Well, this feeling is so mutual. Thank you so much for having me and for creating this space to share. You know, it is. It's so important. It's so important to be able to hear other people's stories and know that we're not alone on this journey. You know? Right. Yes. So you are amazing. And Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. I, I truly adore you. Oh, uh, Susie, I'm, I'm, thank you. Thank you. Um, I will receive that. It's one of those things we work on, right? I will receive that. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so blessed and I'm just floating. And if we had another hour, I would still be going talking with you. So um, hopefully we'll be able to swing around and do this again. Cause I would love to have you come back another time and and talk more because I have a whole list of things I wanted to ask you. And, um, but this was so special and I'm, I'm, I'm just so very grateful um, and I, I love you so much. Thank you. Just thank you so much. I love you. Oh, mm. You are so welcome. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yes, yes. And to all of the listeners, um, I know this had to be a special moment for you too. So thank you all for being here. Um, and I wish you the most beautiful rest of your day and a beautiful week. And until next week, take wonderful care of yourself and go back and listen to these Um, two weeks of podcasts. There's so many beautiful golden nuggets in there, Um, life inspiring and changing and things that come from places that don't feel so very good at the very beginning. So much love to you all. Thank you all for being here. Thanks again, Susie. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information you can use right away. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe to our show. And don't forget to rate and review right there on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.